Welcome to Authentic Health Fridays on The Jason Wright Show. This segment empowers you to reclaim control over your well-being and live a life aligned with your body's natural design. I am thrilled to guide you through insightful conversations and practical advice all geared towards helping you achieve the vibrant and balanced life you deserve. In this dynamic series, we have the privilege of tapping into the expertise of a true visionary in the field of health and wellness, Dr. Gus Vickery, the founder of Authentic Health located in the scenic heart of Asheville, North Carolina, is more than just a renowned author and speaker. He's a beacon of wisdom in the world of precision medicine and integrated health. Each episode, Dr. Vickery will be your trusted companion on a journey to unlock the secrets of authentic health. Drawing from his extensive knowledge and expertise, he'll share invaluable tools, tips, and information to guide you in understanding your body's unique needs and embracing the principles of precision medicine. So with that, sit back, enjoy. Oh, and by the way, if you ever have any questions, go to jasonrightnow.com or improvealwaysandalways.com and go to the contact sheet and leave me a message or go to Insta and go to Jason Right Now. Leave me your questions. We will answer those on the show. I'll get them to Dr. Gus and we will tackle your questions individually. So with that, now sit back and enjoy this episode of Authentic Health Fridays with Dr. Gus Vickery. Thanks for listening. Today, we're going to be talking about something that I'll be honest with you, until I really got just in the weeds on my health and slowing the aging process, this is one of those things that I never knew anything about, which is toxicants. That's what we're going to be talking about today and environmental toxicants, the things that we have all around us that are actually working against us. And in this modern society, which we all live in, it's almost like we're fighting a battle. We really don't even know that we're fighting. These things are almost silent. So I think this is going to be good, practical knowledge for the listeners, not only about how to defend themselves and defend their health against these toxins, but know where to look for them, know where they are, know where they exist. Because I guarantee you, if look, as someone who eats, breathes, and sleeps this stuff, I learn something new every single day. So I'm excited to have this conversation, and I really believe the people listening are going to get some good takeaways. So here we go, brother. Where do you want to start with this? Yeah, thanks again, Jason. It's so much fun having these conversations with you about things that are so important, so impactful on our health that honestly most of us aren't thinking about. And just as a way of introducing this topic around toxicants, I want to say that I work with, it, as your listeners now know, <laughs> that I've been working in this space for a long time and doing the deep work for a long time. And I have people coming to me all the time, many of whom are already like a Jason Wright. They're a consumer of health information. They're in their own way, a biohacker, even though I don't love that term. But they're really invested in their health and they come in for a first assessment with me and they've never taken a peek at the toxicant issue. Um, and so I, it's time for all of us, I think, right now to wake up to the fact that perhaps the biggest influencer on our health, including the gut, which we went through last week, because this also is what's impacting the gut, is the habitats that we live and move and have our being in and how those are impacting our biological system. I think that's where it all starts. And that's the first foundation is to address that. So we're going to discuss it 
specifically from the perspective of toxicants. So we're going to be talking about the negative aspects of our habitats, the things that actually erode health or hurt us, the things we want to reduce our exposures to. Later, we'll be talking about all the positive aspects of our habitats, the things that we can do with our habitats that promote better health, that improve genetic expression. But today we're going to be talking about how to begin to do that cleanup so that we can begin to minimize the harm that our current living habitats and working habitats might be creating to our human system. So would I be correct in saying that we're probably going to cover, because when people hear toxicants, they automatically think of something you put in your body, something that we're eating, which obviously there's stuff that are, our food is coated in, that it's used to, where there's pesticides or whatever, but also will we be going into things like EMF and just all these other things that, again, you don't readily think about. And one of the things that you talk about a lot is Roundup. You talk about Roundup and it's on so much of our, our I guess, in the farming industry, agricultural industry. So it seeps in. Where would you like to begin as far as, is it identifying the toxicant and then how to defend against it? And then there's one that, before we leave, I want to make sure that just selfishly taking advantage of the bully pulpit of this being my podcast that I've got you. I want to know about the need for reverse osmosis and you know, water, because that, I think that's one of the ones that blows people's mind when they find out just how toxic our tap water is. If in there, But there are some steps you can take. So just at some point, you go in the order you want to, you're the expert, but I do have a selfish request. I want to know what I can do to really protect my water because I like to drink at least a gallon a day, but if I'm drinking poisons and too much fluoride and all the other things that are in my water, I want to avoid that as well. Yeah. So I, that is a great question. And we absolutely are going to discuss water as a major source of toxicants. And we're, and we will be giving some basic advice to the listeners today for the most important variables in their habitat that they should go and start thinking about today beginning to change to support their health. And water being that the human body is the 90 something percent water is going to be one of those very important most important variables, water, sure. air, and food are like critical. EMS and electricity and light, those are going to be topics of discussion, but they really belong in their own category. That's actually the sort of a next step. We start with the big movers. And I'm not saying those aren't big movers, but they're harder to measure and it can be sometimes a little more challenging to begin to get your mind around what you need to do. Water, air, and food and maybe the things you put on your skin, everybody understands that. And we have ways of measuring it and giving you guidance. And we also have plenty of options for how you can begin to recreate how you interface with personal care products and hygiene products and cookware and what you drink, what you eat and how and what you breathe so that you can begin to uh, make a difference in those areas. Okay, so whenever a patient comes to you and you're trying to just, I mean, let's say somebody like me that's like, hey, Dr. Gus, I want the full meal deal. I want all that you've got to offer. And we're going to start with this detoxification of what we're talking about, these detoxicants. <laughs> How would you say detoxifying? Would that be or just does detoxifying work? So, so when we refer to the body's processes, we're talking about detoxification. Okay. And 
that's the other side of this coin, which we will be discussing briefly today. We want to simultaneously reduce the burden on our detoxification systems. So detoxification systems were designed uh, and utilized long before all of these uh, exposures that we have now to things that didn't exist in our environments. We had innate detoxification systems because not only did the environment itself, a natural environment, independent of all of our industrialization, create toxicants that we had to be dealt with, but our own body's metabolic processes and how we metabolize fats and carbohydrates and change proteins and break things down and build things up, we create toxicants that have to be managed. So we have these internal systems. And if we want, if we have time, we can take a quick look at the genetics about those systems because it's interesting to take a peek there and see the different aspects and how your genetics might be designed very robustly for detox and how they might not be designed that great, which would have been fine in a prior time than ours. But in our time, that means even earlier you need to get a handle on this. But what we want to do is we want to offload the system by beginning to reduce what's getting into the body so that, that system can focus on what it was designed to do. But secondarily, we want to build up that system, which ties into everything else we've discussed. Because in the gut, we didn't go into detail, but we went into biliary and digestive function. And we didn't get into something called glucuronidase, and we want here, but it's a, one of the measurements on the test. But that's tying directly into detox because elimination through the bowels is a massive detox pathway. And if gut function's not online and biliary function's not online, you're stagnant. You're, de you're not detoxing. And not only that, you're often reabsorbing what you did detox. And then in order to maintain levels of nitric oxide, glutathione, thyroidoxin, catalase activity. So these are all your internal superoxide, all these internal enzymes and systems that work to create detoxification. You have to have sufficient nutrients, which these things are built out of so that you can build it while you maintain a body. So the whole thing comes together into one picture, which could almost already feel overwhelming. So let me back up for a moment and say, but the basic lessons we're going to teach you fixes it all. You don't have to be like, oh my gosh, I've got a thousand things to do. No, you don't. You do have a number of things to do and you tackle them one at a time. And as you do, you make progress. But there comes a time where you've taken care of it, tucked it all in, you have a new habit matrix, and now you don't have to think about these things at all. But the combination, we're going to get into micronutrients next week, of nutrient availability, gut function, and your environment and what is fitting into your system all come together into a body's process of managing the load of toxic oxidants and toxicants, which allows it to maintain optimal energy production and overall function. Okay. So I know that you've got one of your cases again today. And for those of us, or those of you who didn't join us last week, and you can go back and check it out and it's on, on YouTube, you can actually watch Dr. Gus actually went through a, a I guess, was that a gut biome screening? Am I, is that a, the proper term that we went through? Well, it's a comprehensive gut health test. There you go. And we went through this course. And the thing to notice that, or that, that Dr. Gus made note of, is this was actually a healthy individual. Like he was talking about someone like me who really is into this stuff, probably goes a little bit overboard at times, but this was a healthy person. And you could still see that some of these markers were just like way off, but knowing where the benchmark was, then you can actually tackle these problems. So I guess we're going to do the exact same thing on this one. So do you want to go ahead and go into that report, Doc? 
I sure do. In fact, what I'm doing right now is, you have to forgive me pulling it up. I just realized I was going to show you, you, the audience, the same report from the, oh, actually, the toxicant report from the same person from last week, because I love her example, and it was massive. But I realized that we didn't get her name scrubbed from every page, uh, and I can't reveal her. <laughs> no. So what I, do that. Real, real quickly, Jason, here's an opportunity for a quick interlude where you okay. can pause. I'm just okay. pulling up my report. All right, Doc. So tell us what we're looking at, and tell me, again, for the audience, that so they're not just diving in here with blinders on. They go to see their physician, whether it's primary care, a integrated health specialist, whatever. And what do they ask for? What are they looking for? And then what are we looking at? Okay, great. So honestly, if you go to your primary care physician with a traditional insurance product, you're not going to be able to get this test done. I don't know of a single traditional clinic that's billing, is able to bill insurance for this type of testing. So this is just like with the gut test. We use a company called Vibrant Labs because they're excellent database with outstanding reports. And these, although these are the primary, these types of reports and the issues identified are actually the major contributors to the development of disease. Unfortunately, the insurance company is not seeing it that way and covering. So this would be something you'd have to order for yourself. And with Vibrant, because of the type of company they are, they work through medical professionals. It doesn't mean it has to be a physician, but they have to have some kind of medical certification where they are trained in how to interpret these reports for individuals. There are some direct-to-consumer toxicant companies, none that I think offer the comprehensiveness of these fiber reports. So this would be the kind of thing where if you were interested, you would either, one, go to the Vibrant uh, Health website and see, look for their provider list and see if there's a provider near you using their reports. They do have a search engine for that. Or two, go to our Authentic Health website where you would have the option to be able to get a toxicant report and review it with our health coach who is a toxicant expert. In fact, all of my patients who are working with me individually, I review their toxicant report and I take it into account when I'm doing their assessments but their actual intensive consult around toxicants is done by the health coach because that's what she does all the time. And we'll probably at some point have her join us on the podcast to go into more detail about this. If you wanted to get a test, this is a comp what we're looking at here is a comprehensive toxicant assessment through Vibrant. It includes heavy metals, mold toxicants or mycotoxins, which are hugely important and a lot of different environmental toxicants. And I'll describe the categories as we go through this. Now, this test was my test. You can see my name up here from back in 2021. Now, the metrics on the test are all still the same, but the reporting these days is better with like a dashboard. And I was hoping to show you the report from the same person who we reviewed their gut report because it's lit up with all, all aspects of the report have issues. But unfortunately, I had not, her name had not been scrubbed completely from the report. So I'm using mine to give an illustration. But I'll tell you a bit about what most people's look like as we get through this. So this is mine from 2021. If it's okay, Jason, I'll just start to describe it yeah. in a very general way. Okay. 
So the first section that we're looking at here are heavy metals. On the new reports, your front page would show you all categories and anything that showed up at high risk levels and anything that showed up at moderate risk levels. Now, you can see that my heavy metal screen was all normal. I will tell you that I commonly see moderate elevations in arsenic, beryllium, cesium, most recently in a person with brain health issues, high levels of lead, mer sometimes mercury, as well as sometimes thorium and tin and aluminum. It's, I usually expect to see a number of these heavy metals at at least moderate levels. And that is due to their presence in both food and water and some of the products that we're using like aluminum cans. Mine's not as illustrative because it's normal. And that's why I would have loved to have shown you hers, which had four high levels of heavy metals. But then we move on and the next section is the mold toxicants. And you can see that I have a high level of this one here, aflatoxin B1, which is typically associated with a mold called aspergillus, which is a very common environmental contaminant. You can get exposed to this on food products, but this is primarily breathed in basically in environments where there's been moisture damage or poor humidity control, older homes, non-sealed crawl spaces, water leaks, things of that sort. And I actually got this report at that time because I had ended up staying at a, I, had, I went to a basketball tournament for my son and we ended up staying at this beach hotel because that's where the team was staying that was riddled with mold. And I'm genetically very sensitive to mold. I could show you those genetics too, where you don't detox the mold well and it has a pronounced impact on your immune response. So mold toxicants are one of the number one drivers of many of the symptoms that people come into a doctor for, brain fog, cognitive concerns, depression, chronic fatigue syndromes, physical fatigue, chronic inflammatory feelings in muscles, joints, skin. Like mold toxicants can wreak havoc on human systems. And many people have genetic polymorphisms where they don't actually detox these effectively. So they hang around in your body potentially for years, wreaking havoc. And simultaneously, you have this immunological response. So your immune system is continuing to create a robust response to something that's probably not directly dangerous, and you're not clearing it from your body. It's like a chronic infection, but it's not really an infection. And I had suspected, based on how I felt when I stayed there and after, that I had gotten mold exposure. So I had, and I actually did a detox for these molds and felt much better within one month. But I did have some aflatoxin. I did have some patulin, which is associated with penicillium, another common mold. I was a, was a little surprised because the rest of them actually looked pretty good. I only had those two identified. You can see all of these others. Ocrotoxin is a horrible player causes serious problems. I usually see high levels of those in 80% of people in first assessment, unless they've really been controlling their environment from a humidity control and, and knowing that they've had mold inspections. And then I'll commonly see some of these others like citronine and others. So these mold toxicants are critical. And when I first started doing these panels, this is why I started doing them because I began to learn of the role of mold toxicants 
in chronic fatigue syndromes and in eventually autoimmune diseases and many auto like chronic brain inflammatory conditions. And I realized if we were, if I was treating a patient who came to me because they had a lot of medical concerns and we had not screened for mold and dealt with it, we weren't addressing very important root cause variables in their condition. Almost everybody I see actually needs a mold detox, which we do. We match it with specific products that will clear these mold toxicants from your body. And then we ask that you do the proper environmental survey. So you can see all the different ones that we assess for. And I had the two. It wasn't too bad. I was actually reassured because it was very focal and I knew I could detox that. These are continuations of the mold toxicants. You can see how many they are. All of these have a lot of data about around the problems that they can cause. Like what, here's all the studies cited about these top molds and what they can do. There's actually far more studies now. And this is just telling you about the validity of the test and interpretations of reports. Later, there's a little blurb about each of these. Now, this gets into the environmental toxicants, and I wish we had the whole list. You can see that I had high levels of bisphenol A. Virtually everyone does because it's almost impossible to avoid. Now, this is a plasticizer. So this is commonly thought of the BPA-free plastic bottles, BPA-free baby bottles, BPA-free this, that, or the other. Now, other plastics that are BPA-free still have plasticizers, and we don't know exactly how to measure them or their health effects. So really, for the most part, it's best to try and minimize your uh, engagement with food or beverage from plastics as much as possible. Choose glass, buy things in glass, and then pour them into your stainless steel uh, bottles, drinking bottles. Try to minimize plastics. In my particular case, I was pretty careful with plastics. It turned out that a canned beverage that I was a big fan of that I thought that was just an aluminum can had was also had BPA linings. A lot of aluminum cans, they stiffen it and reinforce it with a BPA lining. And that's known to leach into the, the beverage itself. And because I was like, where am I getting this from? Mm -hmm. And I did, I dug around and I realized, oh my gosh, I'm drinking two of these a day, sometimes three. It was like a commercial sparkling water with a little flavor and it was in a BPA lined can. So I, I switched that beverage. I found something that did not line the can with BPA. So I had some BPA. I went ahead and ran my detox protocol to include these. I had a tiny bit of astrazine, which is a herbicide commonly sprayed on golf courses. I was not playing golf in 2021. <laughs> so it must come from somewhere else. Now here's the funny thing. I do ground or earth to I like to walk out in grass or whatever is the you know, regular surface of the earth barefoot for 15 minutes or so a day at least if not longer and I had been uh grounding in my backyard and we had this grassy backyard and it had been sprayed with herbicide like broadleaf emergent stuff so I think I probably got that from there so real there quick doc will you describe to the audience exactly what is going on during grounding <laughs> it's very complex but essentially i'm going to give you a very general version of it and i'm no expert in it but our bodies are basically batteries we're like an electromagnetic battery and we have a charge and that charge does reduce as a, as our energy depletes and 
there are a lot of things that can affect that charge, that can deplete that charge faster. The Earth also has electromagnetic frequencies uh, that it creates. They're different depending on latitudes. There's a specific one at the equatorial areas. And then depending on altitude, there are different electromagnetic energies. So at sea level, there's a specific frequency. And that's one of the reasons that many people believe we're so drawn to the coast and walking on the beach barefoot. There's the vibratory rhythm of ocean waves that's very soothing to us. And of course, the usual beach sounds. But we're also, when we're walking barefoot on that sand, we're getting this tremendous amount of electron and proton flow exchange between us and the earth. And it's rebalancing that electromagnetic energy of the body. So it has an impact on the nervous system because your nervous system works off of many things, chemicals, biochemistry, electricity, electromagnetic frequencies, magnetic fields, like all of these things impact your nervous system, which is why we will be discussing EMF and energy uh, and light and every other form of energy that impacts your body over time. And it's not that hard to start getting this right. But all these things will impact it and our nervous system absorbs a lot of that and it affects the way our nervous system is tuned. Now, again, I'm giving you a real big picture here. You could get into more specifics, but for the sake of simplicity, your autonomic nervous system, which is what's running a lot of the systems, respiratory rate, heart rate, blood pressure, whether your vessels are more dilated or constricted, bowel function, it's really running the show behind the scenes. And you can generally toggle between the rest and digest phase it's commonly referred to of course there's more to it than that where you're actually in rest and recovery and that's where your parasympathetic nervous system will tend to be dominant or the uh, other side which is in the kind of go out and take on the day or when you're exercising or when you're under stress which is your sympathetic nervous system and our bodies are designed to generally be in balance with those two systems not neither one overly dominant with periods where we move more fully into sympathetic activity, which would include production of adrenaline and cortisol and dopamine, which is why it can sometimes feel good until it doesn't. And then also then moving deeply into the parasympathetic where we're just totally relaxed and chilled out and at ease. And so that's the balance of the nervous system. And virtually everyone I assess at intake where we do a quick assessment of the balance of their autonomic nervous system has pretty severe a pretty severe skewing of the balance towards being hypersympathetic meaning their chronic nervous system balance is tilted towards sympathetic nervous system activation or stress response and that's not good it, it accelerates aging it shortens telomeres it creates oxidative stress it, it drives disease like crazy and that's a lot of that has to do just with our modern environments, all the sound vibrations and electric frequencies, electromagnetic frequencies, the cable news, the social media alerts, the beeps and the bleeps and the, all this stuff going on. Our nervous systems weren't designed for all of that. So it really tweaks them out. And then we don't really get recovered. And that's a, it's a big problem, which is why I assess it and ever have everybody start practicing some type of mindfulness, you know, deepening their spiritual life going out into the woods and doing things like grounding to rebalance that nervous system. So when we ground, what we're doing is we're walking out barefoot 
so that we can actually flow electrons and protons between us and the earth and essentially one, uh, one help with that tuning of that electromagnetic frequency that impacts our nervous system and two, recharge our battery. We're actually getting a little charge up to our battery. It's like plugging in your phone for a few minutes, which really helps a lot. That might have been more detail than you wanted, Jason. No, I think it's perfect because I think a lot of people, I know that I heard about grounding for the first time maybe two years ago. Yeah. And it sounds like one of those kind of things like, oh, I'm just getting one, I'm becoming one with the earth or something like that. I don't think that, I don't want to take for granted that everyone understands that there is actually a, a something happening other than just a relaxation or, or again, yeah. something hippie granola happening, that there is an actual reaction going on. There is. And, it's me and it's, it can be measurable. The electromagnetic voltage changes can be measurable. The nervous system changes. And it's going to affect biochemistry as well. It's a real physical phenomenon. Now, on the other hand, if you might be standing on atrazine and absorbing it through your skin, then maybe yeah, grounding is not so helpful at that time. Maybe, or you need to find another place to do it. If you live in areas of the world where walking barefoot, you're likely to get parasitic worms through the, or, or the eggs of other parasites through the soles of your feet, I'd say don't ground right there. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not advocating that everybody just imprudently run around barefoot. I'm suggesting that when you have the occasion in a uh, area of earth or turf that is chemical free and not likely, you know, full of parasites, which is many of the places we have available, take off your shoes for 15 minutes and get yeah. absorb some of that electromagnetic energy, let it work on your nervous system and get a little charge. That's what I started doing. Whenever I started grounding, it's, it's just, I stand when the sun is really up early in the morning, when it's finally hanging uh, pretty high on the, in the Eastern sky, I stand and I ground and I face the sun and I just get that vitamin D and it, it is, it has a real energizing effect to it. Okay. I, 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 I took morning routine, but I also will do it later in the day. It's yeah. out to a particular area where the sun's shining down in the morning. I'm barefoot. I'll do it. And you probably do the same thing because this is like a bunch of biohacks into one. Mm -hmm. It's like a way of stacking everything. I'm practicing some spiritual mindfulness as mm -hmm. I'm observed, as I'm in nature, while I'm getting natural light to my retina in the morning, my, my photon receptors, and to my body. I'm standing there barefoot, probably just wearing a pair of shorts. It's a private place. If it's cold outside, I'm actually getting cold exposure. And I then I'm just shaking out the body and doing light calisthenics and stretching and getting all the synovial fluid moving through all my joints and lubricating everything so that now my body is all loosened up. And now I don't drink caffeine in the morning anymore, but I used to. But when I started doing that while I was waiting on the caffeine production, I started realizing I don't even need the caffeine by the time I came in. My nervous system and body felt so invigorated, I didn't need a stimulant to yeah. feel better. Yeah. Okay. All right. Continuing on the report. Yeah. So atrazine, and then I had this phthalate. Phthalates are really common. So honestly, and I don't mean this in any sort of uh, look at me way, this is like one of the cleanest detox reports yet that I've seen. <laughs> and let's talk about that though. That's, that's, let's talk about how proactive are you, or was this just, huh, you just happen to live in a pretty clean environment? I've been very proactive, and in 2021, I'd become aware of 
all these issues in the environment. The mold, I know where that exposure was. My home, we have the, at the time the home I lived in was humidity controlled. There were no unsealed areas. There was no mold. And I know that it was a mold free area. We kept our gutters clean. We didn't have standing water around the home, which is also good to keep mosquitoes away. The plastic was sneaking in through some aluminum cans. Honestly, otherwise, I so what I was doing at that time is my personal care products, toothpaste, shampoo, deodorant, any lotions or creams I use, my beautifying routine. I'm kidding. I don't have one. <laughs> but all of those products, our cookware, my drinking, what I drink out of other than the occasional plastic bottle if I was at a baseball tournament or something, all those things had been accounted for in our home, water filtration, air filtration, and then clean eating, as we've already discussed with the gut, how I, I developed my protocol around nutrient delivery and minimizing toxicants. And so even a guy who was doing all that and had set it up still has something measurable here, right? Yeah. But nothing that's going to destroy you. The mold toxicants had to go. I know I, where I got exposed. I detoxed them. They were gone. And that's good. But the rest of it's just kind of clean up. But the truth is that this doesn't stress me out. I, I, the, the molds I, I won't I did because what they can do. But the rest of this with supporting glutathione and nitric oxide and nutrient need and cellular function and fatty acids, I'm not too con that concerned that this was doing a whole lot to my body. I feel like probably could handle this little bit of toxic at low, although I'd rather not have any of it. So. This was a guy who was pr reasonably proactive. Now, what was, what, how was I proactive? We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Where, again, how you can program your environment so that your report will look like this or better instead of what I'd like to show you a report would look like where it's just lit up across the board, which is most people. One of the things I'd like to recommend that the listeners check out, I had Dr. Ailey Cohen, she's out in New Jersey, on, gosh, it's probably been... Uh, close to two years now that Ailey was on and she wrote the book non-toxic how to live healthy in a toxic world and it, it's just almost like a great reference for a lot of these things you're talking about that has like these things you look out for this and she actually gives some data points on just the average fluoride content and arsenic content and water and i know you said that arsenic that a lot the allowable arsenic Am I saying that right? In water it, that by that is allowed by the by governments, the EPA, everything. It, it's a pretty large amount. But so that's step one. Just it's just a great book. If you want to go check that out, and I'll put that in the yeah, show notes. Really, Jason, that's my recommended guide for people. Really? Uh, yeah, it is. It's a great book. She's a rheumatologist who really took this on when she began to understand how it was. And if we're talking about, I think, I'm pretty sure we're talking about the same person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, because that title is what I call. And she, as a physician, began to recognize the role of the environment in these autoimmune diseases she was managing. And she had her own experience with this stuff. I think it was mold in her case, but it may have been other things. And it woke her up and then she decided to go and create it. But what I like about her, she's balanced. Like in her own talk, she'll tell yeah. you, look, I'm still going to use hair color. That's as much as I was about to say. She's like, look, I'm still going to color my hair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about the same person. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want our listeners to understand. We're not going to ask you to go live some weird life in a cave somewhere. That wouldn't be healthy for you either. 
we're going to teach you how to program this into your own environment in a way that's easy. And then you don't have to think too much about it. And not only that, the, the difference in your health and how you feel will be remarkable uh, when you experience that. So I really do wish I could show you the typical patient report because it's eye-opening when you see the number of these toxicants. But if you read a little bit about it, like atrazine, okay, so what was in my body, it's very common herbicide. It's a pre- and post-emergent broadleaf, pre-emergent. It's put on food, but it's also on golf courses really heavily and then residential lawns. And so the broadleaf application to my lawn likely is where I got the atrazine uh, and into my body while I was grounding, ironically. Right. So again, it, this stuff can escape you. And then here's glyphosate. So as I've mentioned over several hundred tests, there have been three that at baseline did not have high levels of glyphosate. I didn't say no glyphosate because I think it's impossible to avoid altogether probably. But you can see where my level was. And subsequent testing has proven that it's been the same. This approach that I suggest does appear to be effective at uh, keeping those glyphosate levels low, reducing that gut disturbance. And then there's a lot of others. They fall into general categories like phthalates, which are really common. I did have this one. And they're environmental toxins. Oh, by the way, the astrazine, they mentioned that it's an endocrine disruptor and it especially can affect development and pregnancy. Mm. Right? So it can affect neonatal development as well as kids during puberty, their normal development in terms of reproductive hormones and their response to those. Of course, these phthalates are plasticizers. They're widely used in cosmetics, adhesives, detergents, lubricating oils, automotive plastics, plastic clothes, which are more common than we realize. Now, I was going to ask you actually about that because of all of the uh, polyester and all the things yep. and just cheap clothing that we have now. It is very plasticky, right? Yes. We really need to start thinking about back to natural fibers. Mm -hmm. Again, flat clothing. It's right against our skin all day long and then we're sweating into it. It really is a big deal. I try to find good quality natural fibers. And if you're looking for things that quick dry, you can find other companies that make it. You pay a little more, but these t-shirts and things last years mm. who cares if you paid 20 dollars more for the t-shirt that's non-toxic that's you're going to be able to wear for three years right you know? yeah they're exposed to them by eating or drinking contaminated foods but also breathing in air can imagine how many phthalates vapors and dust are out there and they can cause some respiratory irritation but the bigger issue is the endocrine disruption again depressing leukocyte function or white blood cell function immune function possibly impacting cancer have also been associated with diabetes, insulin resistance, breast cancer, obesity, metabolic disorders. And you'll read this over and over again on these classes of these different toxicants, parabens, phthalates, benzenes, xylenes, which is what we're looking at here, all of these. Thankfully, I didn't have those. I did have the bisphenol A, obviously. This is hard to avoid. Again, I've not had a single person have the low control level. Typically, I see moderate or high. Um, I'm back in the moderate range myself. So it's just, it's in our cars, it's in sports equipment, it's in epoxy resins, it's in water, it's everywhere. It's really hard to avoid. So you just want to try to moderate it. You want to make it worse by drinking BPA, you know, plastic bottles that are made with BPA that have been sitting in the heat. Like when you see someone drinking a water bottle that was sitting in the sun for 45 minutes, 
the plasticizers are so leached into that water. You mm. are drinking toxic milieu. You'd be better off to be a little bit dehydrated than to drink wow. that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So again, the list goes on. You can see all the things we can assess for. So a lot of different environmental toxicants that fall into these different categories that are found in food, water, air, and cookware, and clothes, and in personal care products, right? There's a lot of avenues, breathing, eating, drinking, and applying to our skin to get this stuff in. And I have every one of my patients complete a full toxicant assessment, and I'll go ahead and stop sharing now. How Um, much does that cost? This test is an expensive test and it's expensive to run. It's, we charge for the test $600. Now that's a slight upcharge because we include an hour with our toxic and expert health coach if you're going to do the test. So we include the price of the test plus an hour charge for Carrie to meet with you via Zoom, do a full review, and then she writes up a complete report for you. And designs your specific detoxification protocol, your three-month detox to clear everything that we found. So that whole, that product is a $600 product, basically. It's pretty, it's worth it. <laughs> sure, that's the thing. And that's one of the things I want to, I'm excited to get into because when you hear, when you see a report like that, most people, even if they did do that at their primary care physician, which like you said, insurance isn't going to cover it because that'd be crazy to actually cover preventive care and keeping people healthy. No, we only, insurance in America generally only steps in whenever you're really sick and whatever, but I digress. And it's not only good to have the information, but if you don't know what to do with it, then it's useless. So let's talk about that. You've said it a number of times, like for the mold, you went through your detoxification process. One of the things I'm excited to let this audience know about is glutathione that I never knew anything about it till I had Dr. Nayan Patel on, who's a mutual friend of ours. Uh, he's Tony Robbins guy. Tony Robbins now will not travel without Nyan's product. And so talk about somebody gets the report back. They see that they've got some mold and some of these other big words that I can't pronounce because they fertilize their yard and they've got stuff in their water. How, what are some of these products? Just go through your regimen that you did to detoxify and what are, like a, generally speaking, most people should be looking at to start that process. Absolutely. And one thing I would like to just real quickly say about the, if you're trying to go to your primary care doctor, I'm never, you're never going to catch me speaking dismissively about the primary care doctors out there that are available and trying to see you. And also often, and we still do this in our clinic, draining an abscess, sewing you up, diagnosing them, like a lot of really useful things. The reason that if your insurance isn't paying for it and they're not familiar, they're not going to get this test for you is they don't know how to interpret it. Mm -hmm. And doctors putting themselves in funny positions when they facilitate tests that they're not familiar with and they don't know what to do with the information. It's a real liability concern for them because they become responsible for it, yet they are not competent because they haven't trained in it. Up until a few years ago, I wasn't competent to look at this type of test to tell you what to do. I didn't use these types of assessments because I wasn't fully familiar with the role of toxicants in health. I knew about it in a general way, but I didn't know what to do with it if I could test it, right? Like, how am I going to, what am I going to do with all these mold toxicants and heavy metals? Am I going to tell a person to go buy some charcoal and take it and hope that it clears it? (laughs) What if we retest and nothing changes and they spend all this money? 
So the lack of confidence in that I would know what to do and how to interpret it and how to guide people really caused me to stay away from this for a long time. And even though, even as I began to know that this is really important. And so finally, I just dug in and found the resources and started doing the reports on myself, my family and other people who I look, can, can I use you <laughs> to learn how to do this? And then saw instruction from the experts at Vibrant and other experts that I knew in the space. But it was when I came across a company that we have a relationship with, not any ownership or anything like that, but we have an affiliate relationship called Cellcore that I got really bullish about this because what Cellcore has done is established uh, detoxification products that you can match to a toxicant panel. And they have the data to demonstrate it works, that you can effectively push the, you know, push this stuff through detox, bind it effectively, um, you know, conjugate it and then push it out, whether urine or stool, but have it bound in a way that it's inert and it's going to pass out of your system. It's not going to get resorbed and become problematic. And when I found their products and how easy it is just to match it up and how easy their system is to use, that's what we do. So it's not that there's not other great detoxification systems. There are many, and Quicksilver's a company that has great detox systems. This is the one I know. It's the one I know how to use, and, this, and I know it works. So we stick with it. So our process is to get the test. And then some, of the, some individuals may just not have the bandwidth to go get the test. Well, Jason and I want you to know what to do anyway so that you can begin to fix this issue over time by just doing the foundational actions that we would recommend. But if you, we get the test and we look at what we see, typically I see a number of different mold toxicants, several at least, if not more heavy metals, and then all kinds of envirotoxins, high glyphosate, high atrazine, high phthalates, high xylenes, high been just bad. And then we go ahead and we do two things. We have them meet with our toxicant expert health coach so that they can gain competency on what does this mean? Where could it be coming from my environment? What do I need to do? If there's a lot of mold and there's a lot of heavy metals, we may suggest a building biologist to come to their residence and do a full inspection on air, water, mold, and find out what they can do to their living habitat to fix it. We don't have to do that most of the time, but sometimes it's highly recommended depending on what we see. And we give them a set of action steps that we're about to talk about here about what they can do. We support glutathione. We always begin to immediately support glutathione availability and nitric oxide availability and bili biliary function, the ability for the bile to be healthy and thin and flowing so we can push this stuff out. And then we match them to a cell core detox protocol that's three months that they'll take a set of products each month for three months to know that we've cleared it. And then when we've done finished that, what's happened is they've restructured their environment. They've changed out the products that they now know were the problematic ones and found suitable substitutes. They've got water filtration, et cetera. And then we're going to make sure that their body continues to be supported with what it needs to maintain healthy detox. And provided that they do those things, we don't really need to retest. They can feel the difference. 
when they go through this process, I warn them the first few weeks of most of these detoxes aren't fun. Usually for several weeks, people might feel worse, a little bit worse than they felt before, a little more inflammation, maybe some fatigue, maybe some bowel upset, the irregular bowel movements. And it's really gross what's coming out of you, like really gross, but be glad it's coming out of you. Like that stuff was in you. And their sweat will smell, their, their armpits stink, their breath stinks, it tastes bad. That's a brief period when your body is actually beginning to mobilize and flush toxicants. That resolves pretty quickly. And then people start feeling really good. And as they also clean these toxicants and we're clearing a glyphosate, among other things, the gut is also being addressed, but the gut starts fixing itself through this process too. So they typically find their digestion is better, their evacuation is much easier, smooth, clean, not problematic. Their prior issues with abdominal discomfort or IBS or reflux are better, but they're also just general sense of health is much, much better. So the end result is they're really excited that they did it. They're balled in now and now they're going to go forward, always being vigilant about their habitats that they spend most of their time in. That's usually going to be work and home or maybe a they own some sort of like retreat, vacation type place they go to. They're going to get those spaces cleaned up and get things dialed in. And then they're going to continue to maintain that support. Like next time I go to a beach place like the one that I went to, I would be better prepared. If that's where my son's teammates are all staying, then I'm going to stay there with them. I'm not going to go like, oh, I got to go be in this other hotel. But I'm going to carry a small air purification system that I can plug in that clears mold spores from the air. And I'm going to triple up my glutathione use while I'm there. And I'm going to take the biotoxin binder the whole time I'm there. And I suspect that even if mold, I'm getting some exposure, I'm not going to get an issue with retained mold toxicants. I'm just going to flush them out, whatever comes in, if any. And I'm going to come home and I'm going to be good to go. But I'm not kidding. When I went to that place, within 24 hours of sleeping in that hotel room, I could just tell I felt like a narcolepsy patient. I had a hard time getting out of bed and then I'd go out to the beach and I'd be like, oh, my energy's coming back. I feel good. We're hanging out. We're throwing a Frisbee. We go to a basketball game. I'm feeling good. I'd come back to the hotel room and I'd lay down on the bed and be like, I think I just need to take a nap. I feel like I could just fall asleep. And that's the effect of mold toxicants in someone who has a sensitivity to them. It was wiping me out. And when I left, after I realized what it was, I looked it up and realized that this is a hotel complex that people have said is probably very moldy. It's old. I, I realized, uh, I waited a few days thinking, well, if there's a brief exposure, maybe I won't have a problem, but I was still brain foggy and tired, not as severe for another week or two. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out what's in me and, and get it dealt with. I don't want this. So it's, it can be that pronounced and immediate the type of impact. So there's all these things you can do. You're not helpless here. And that's actually what we need to talk about now, Jason, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. One of the things I want to mention just about this in general is there's so many people out there like me. I have a supplement stack that I take every single day, and in, including glutathione, all these other things that I take that I may or may not need. There are some pretty universal things that we probably need to supplement based on our daily life and activity. But what I like about this is whenever you run these reports and you actually see what's going on inside your body, you can find natural supplementation to combat some of these things that you may either be ignoring or be taking something that you're not really getting a benefit from. So to me, that's one of the, the biggest benefits of keeping track of 
what's actually going on in your body as a result of your habitat and your environment. Right? Yep, absolutely. And my, uh, I'm not monitoring it right now consistently, but back then I was monitoring heart rate variability. And guess what? My heart rate variability did the, in that hotel and then after mm, dropped, yeah, right? Like yeah. heart rate variability as a tool can teach you about environmental exposures, things that are getting into the body. It's really far more than just simply, am I recovered or not? Did I sleep well? Heart rate variability. And if I had been wearing a continuous glucose monitor, I guarantee you my baseline blood sugar would have been elevated compared to normal. Sure. And I would have been able to see in those metrics, there's something in this environment that is triggering stress response in my body. Okay. All right. So let's, let's, let's keep going. Yep. All right. So what are we going to do about this? What a mess, right? We live now in a time where it, unless you are living out in some remote area, or maybe you have the opportunity to move to a place that's not created the same toxic burden like a Costa Rica, this is life, right? Like you're not going to be able to hide from the stuff. It's everywhere. And it's in our, it's in our neighborhoods where everybody's spraying chemicals on our yards and on our you know, weeds and beds and stuff. And it's being put out by businesses. I Look, I'm for progress. I'm not here to say we should go back to be hunter-gatherers. But what can we do to recapture those potentials to put the body in a position to better interface? The first principle is to recognize that your biological system is intimately connected to the habitats that it is living, moving, and having its being in. You're not disconnected. You're not this separate being enclosed in the skin suit that can just move around with impunity through your environments and think, oh, just, as long as it didn't get into me through ingestion, it's not getting into me. No, we are designed in a way that we're intimately connected to the habitat around us and sensing it on so many levels we don't even understand. And so everything going on in our habitat is affecting our body's performance and our health. It's either taking us in a positive direction, it might be neutral, or it's taking us in a negative direction. Right now, as it stands, uh, at least for most people upon intake with me, their living habitat and perhaps working habitat is eroding their health. It's taking them in the wrong direction. It's aging them in an accelerated way. And it's a major factor in why they can't lose weight or why they have metabolic diseases or why they can't seem to resolve their chronic muscle pain, headaches, respiratory issues, skin issues, et cetera. So we got to deal with it. It's a first principle thing. The big ones we've already mentioned, air, water, food, and what you apply to your skin. So Jason, you already brought this up, water. So mm -hmm. we'll start there. Clearly, what we drink for hydration, and that'll include beverages that are not necessarily pure water per se, but they're all water-based. It's carbonated beverages, sparkling waters, anything that you're drinking uh, has water in it. That is critical the, and not that hard to solve this one for the most part. Just go ahead and assume that your muni muni municipality water, and unless you're in a pristine area, your well water, if that's what you have, is contaminated. It is. It will likely have heavy metals, enormous number of industrial byproducts that are include serious carcinogens, and it will have pharmaceuticals, pharmaceutical metabolites, and many other things that you don't want in your body. The Environmental Working Group, we've mentioned them, we'll mention them several times, www.ewg.org, has a water section 
where you can go and search your zip code and you can pull up somewhere within the last year a report on your water system's water. And you can see how many contaminants were found that exceed EPA standards. And most people are shocked when they see it. Like, whoa. So I don't say that I never do it. I'm in a pinch I may, but I almost never drink tap water or brush my teeth with tap water. Uh, I just don't. So what do we need to do? We need to filter water. Now, there's a lot of different filtering systems. The two primary ways of doing it are using charcoal filtration, which can be adequate, and then reverse osmosis, which Jason mentioned. So you can do whole house systems, which is what I recommend. That way, every tap in, in your home, so what you shower in, what you wash your face in, shave in, if you shave, and what you drink and cook with, it's all clear. You just know it's toxic and free. And reverse osmosis is like 100%. There is a, another side of that reverse osmosis removes everything. So some people will call it dead water because it's got no minerals. It's just pure H2O. And some of the systems now run it through these mineral beads, which can mineralize it, restructuralize it. I think that's smart to consider adding those things on. Or you add some, a tiny bit of sea salt or trace minerals to your water to remineralize it. You don't do that in the shower, of course, but for anything you're drinking and stuff like that or cooking with. But real, real, real quick, Gus, that's, if you do that, if you just put a reverse osmosis system like Gemma and I are about to do one and she was searching for them, do you have a particular brand or certain mechanism that you like? And they're not terribly expensive, right? They've come down in price, correct? Yeah, they're not terribly expensive, especially for whole house filtration. If you want the Superfly... Uh, it, it, it completely filters the water. It then restructuralizes it, re-energizes it, runs electricity through it and remineralizes it. Maybe those systems are closer to eight, nine, ten thousand $10,000 per whole house. <laughs> For the price of a home, that could be worth it if right. you can budget. And then your next level down are systems that maybe will do the osmosis and some remineralization and those might be five. Usually, uh, just to get a reverse osmosis system, I think you can still do those for under 3000 or 2000 Have you priced them recently, Jason? I think that Gemlin found one. That, now, this is just one that goes under the sink. I think she found one for like two or 300 bucks. Now, the entire house, I think, yes. I think it was like 2500 was the best price yeah. that I saw, which, again, not terrible considering you're doing the entire household. Uh, yeah. But I think you can actually get just the under sink mount one I yeah, think that's for like, I was, yeah that's what i was going to discuss depends next. on how crazy you want to get yeah so those are great systems the most popular one for a while was called the berkey system but there are others that have come out that i'm looking into because it's a big area of opportunity for businesses who can help consumers have cleaner uh water that's not just clean but maybe also more vitalizing <laughs> to use right. a non-medical term and we'll have to work on our resource list on that, Jason, to give people options. But the Berkey systems were the real popular ones over the last few years, and I know good quality. And then you move into carbon filtration, which is less expensive. And really good carbon filtration can knock out 99%. And it doesn't quite deaden the water as much either. So there's some people who are big advocates of using that instead. Now, the under-the-sink ones, you can get an under-the-sink carbon filtration system for $120 and you just install it in 15 minutes to your water line under your sink and then all of your water coming through that faucet will be purified and 
there's many companies they can offer these. My favorite company for carbon-based water filtration tools based on their data and their quality is called Epic Water. We actually have a link off of our Authentic Health store site to Epic okay. Water. And basically, it's www.epicwater.com. And they have a lot of really good water products. They have an under-the-sink carbon filtration system. They have pitchers. They have water bottles that have built-in carbon filtration systems to a straw. So it's a really cool company that has a lot of solutions. So uh, my kids have their portable water bottles that have the built-in filtration system. So if they are filling up their water bottles and taps wherever they are, they're drinking purified water. So there's a lot of ways to take care of that. It is important. And when we discuss hydration and mineralization, a critical foundational topic, which we'll get to, we'll talk more about this, but adding back some form of minerals or sea salt to your, just a little bit to your drinking water is important, especially after you filter it. But this is critical. The fluoride in water is a problem. I don't know that it's doing much to prevent cavities, to be honest with you. Maybe it is. I don't know that it is. But it definitely doesn't belong in our drinking water. And I don't want to wash my body, brush my teeth, or drink fluoride. And there are real issues with excess fluoride in individuals and some real nervous system impacts that are significant. So it also can impact that way it function considerably. That's another reason to filter is to get that fluoride and get that chlorine out. I don't know if you've had this experience, Jason, but for people who do filter, and filter even like their shower water you go to a place that doesn't yeah you you can smell the chlorine mm -hmm. right like you get into a shower that nobody else you would have never detected and it feels like you just got into a highly coordinated swimming totally and is it okay so what's happening with soft water is that and is that something we should be concerned with is that something that's got too much of something what, what's going on with soft water no, I, I don't know enough. Okay, I didn't know if it had if it was like lacking minerals or whatever. I guess if you did a reverse osmosis system, it wouldn't matter anyway because you're basically taking everything out and just putting water in its purest form of H2O and then, like you say, structuring it after that. And that, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that whenever I ask people about, like, I've asked physicians about structured water whenever yeah. they're, and they don't know, what are you talking about? But all we're talking about is what you're saying, right? You're just taking it, you're, if you do the reverse osmosis, you take it down to get all the stuff out, and then you start putting only those trace minerals that you want back into the water. And, and that's basically structured water, right? The structuring is also running it through like vortexes yeah. that kind of mix the, create this energy of the H2O molecules. Yes. And but a lot of people strongly believe that has a distinct impact on the human system. Many yeah. believe in the water and sunlight. Yeah, um, there's a lot of go back and forth. So the quantum biologists, biophysicists who I'm connected to, who I have enormous respect for, who've created amazing things are really big on it. And then there's others who I think are very good scientists who've written articles debunking the whole idea. I don't, I'm not going to push people that far, but if you're going to go ahead and install an awesome system and an option is just to have it go ahead and run it through these restructuring, restructuralizing things, why not? Yeah, I, yeah. big deal. But I'm not going to get to that level of concern about it either. I think if I can stay hydrated with pure water that has minerals, I'm. I think that God will let that be good enough for now. 
And one of the things too, that a lot of people, they think that like guys like you and I, they just drink sparkling water that we do it because we just want something bubbly and a little bit tastier because if you get some that's infused, but really if you're using, if you're drinking stuff like, oh, Mountain Valley, like you and I both like a lot. Yeah. There you go. Which one you got there? This is an Italian one because we're of the uh, Mountain Valley, but this is a good mineralized pure one as well. Yeah. And what's the... uh, I'm drawing a blank on the German one that I have for Wasca. It's Carol Steiner. It's there you the, go. Not the most, but it's on the commercial market. If that widely available, it's the most mineral dense. Yeah. And you taste it. It, yeah. it has, it's it, like Jimlin doesn't like it. It's a little strong, but that's one of the things that I started doing was just drinking a ton of uh, Pellegrino, real high sulfur content. I think that's what kind of its claim to fame on is, or why a lot of people drink that. Before we move on to the next, we're talking about hydration, mineral waters, Reverse osmosis, don't drink out of plastic bottles, especially if they've been sitting in the sun. Just taking mm-hmm. these few steps can really start to give, have an improvement on what we're putting in our body hydration-wise. Did I miss yes. anything? No, you got it. Okay. All right. Where do we go next? Air, what we're okay. breathing. Okay. Now, this is you're not going to be able to walk outside and control all the air that you're getting exposed to. But generally speaking, in your home, and perhaps in your office environment. And the main thing here is just good air filtration systems, like HEPA filters. And then what happens is a lot of people just never change their filters. They don't think about it. So setting a reminder about when is the filter supposed to be replaced and doing that and using good quality filters so that your air quality in your home is very good. And if you need to, because there's a question regarding the potential for mold uh, colonization, then going ahead and using a device like Pure Cleanse or Air Doctor or something like that that you can run independently of your primary system to really pull out extra pollutants and contaminants. So with air, it's just being mindful about your home environment. And maybe if your office environment is questionable, maybe you buy a, a portable, small, quiet unit that you can plug in within the area that you work. But just recognizing air is going to be a delivery system for toxicants. With Then there's the aerosolization of different things. So if you're around and somebody's spraying (laughs) Axe body spray (laughs) or or fragrances or anything of that sort, you're breathing in toxicants. It's not for you. And so recognizing that if someone's spraying aerosolized things in near you, get away. Or if you have to spray aerosolized things, I don't want you to feel like a freak, but you might want to wear a filtration mask while you're doing it if it's something that's highly toxic, or at least don't breathe while you're doing it and try to hold your breath a little while longer after. And that's another thing too, like we've talked about organic foods, is we talk about like putting things in your body. A lot of people will consider these things being either a little bit crunchy or just over the top. But what you're saying is that there is such an impact based on the toxicants that are in our beauty products, hair products, all these things that just making these small little shifts are going to make that report look better and really move the teetle t- needle toward a healthier body, right? And so- It's going to move the needle in a big way. Okay. Okay. Now, one of the things too that, and I haven't done this yet, but I was talking last week about oral health. That, again, that's why I've got all this hardware in my mouth. Is so, do you use some kind of like Tom's or whatever toothpaste? Do you go that far? Okay. 
things with natural fluoride-free toothpaste. I don't use any mouthwashes because also the oral care products, traditional ones, not only are they not good for you in general, they destroy that oral biome, which is critical to our health. We talked about that last mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Also, it impacts in a major way your body's ability to generate nitric oxide from dietary nitrate. So it causes nitric oxide depletion. So yes, I use only, and so yeah, and actually we'll just segue air to personal care products. Yeah. So personal care products includes cosmetics and things that you might use for beauty or skincare and just normal hygiene products. And this gets into the basics. What are you brushing your teeth with or rinsing your mouth with? What are you putting onto your skin? What are you putting onto your hair? Yeah. And once again, you just begin to migrate to natural toxicant-free products. These are there's so many good lines available now and you can read their ingredients and you can begin to get very confident in understanding what you're looking for. Most uh, brands are aware now of the awareness regarding uh, parabens and phthalates and xylenes. They're already going to say free of those things, but there's others that they're putting in there if they're mainstream brands. You're always going to pay more for someone who's conscientious about creating these products. It's more expensive to use natural non-toxic ingredients and they don't have the market share to drive up their production so that they can cheapen the whole thing but pay more now or pay more later it would and and have more pain later too with the health conditions that it'll cause so you can either begin just experimenting one at a time that's what i tell people to do take these things on one at a time solve water first right get on water okay get that fixed check that box then all right, let's move to air. That's a pretty quick and easy one. Maybe solve water and air together if you're up for it. Food, we've already talked about critical. So you've got to be work- working on the food. But then I'm like, all right, well, let's go to food storage and what you're drinking out of next. So that's going to be your cups that you drink out of, how what you carry around with you. And what do you put your food in if you're going to keep it after you cooked it at home? Well, not hopefully plastic containers or styrofoam, especially styrofoam, put it into metal or glass containers. I know that's inconvenient. I know that's heavier. I know they're harder to carry around. They're fragile. It's worth it. I promise there are so many good products in the marketplace now that are available to solve these problems for us. Avoid as much as possible wrapping things in plastics or putting them in plastic baggies. Use different options. So again, the Environmental Working Group is a great place or a resource list for all of these things. We'll be working on our own for you guys, but the for now, the Environmental Working Group. And then there's a number of great websites that have these vetted lists. And these are typically, often these were moms caring about the environment. They were raising their babies and began to understand this and started going out and figuring out for themselves and blogging about it and finding it. And cookware, what are you cooking on? Please no Teflon. If you've got anything Teflon that you're cooking on, throw it out today. Stop. The PFASs are leaching into your food. They stay in your body for years, decades. Very hard to get rid of. Please get rid of Teflon-coated cookware. Please. So there's all kinds of non-toxic cookware that is fantastic, too, at food preparation. It's available. So I'm like, replace what you're using for food storage, beverage storage, and what you're going to drink out of and eat off of and what you're going to transport food in. Go ahead and do that. This gets to be a little anal retentive, but actually the woman we referenced earlier when she talks about non-toxic living, mm-hmm. she got this 
when she goes to pick up her favorite takeout and they were about to ladle a bunch of hot Thai food into a plastic container that's not even BPA free, or they were going to put a whole lot of the noodle dish in a styrofoam container. They now know, don't do that for her. She's going to show up with her actual <laughs> containers and they're yeah. going to fit in those. And actually, I think that's quite smart if you're eating out a lot. Yeah. If you do take out rarely, then whatever. Yeah. Just come and get it out of those containers. Don't eat it out of those containers. But if you're eating out consistently, you may want to consider doing that because that's going to be a big time exposure. I think styrofoam should be eliminated from our environment altogether, personally. But uh, it's terrible for the environment itself and it's terrible for our bodies. But that, then I'm like, okay, so now you've solved that one, right? You've, and most people, that's just reordering maybe some cookware and coming up with some new food storage. It's really not that disruptive. Now you move to personal care where you're going to have to run experiments. Which of these toxic-free shampoos really works for me? Mm -hmm. okay? Which lotions and creams really, I feel like, serve my skin well? Jason, we'll create a list with uh, three or four company skin lines okay. that I think credible that are not just toxin-free, but are like next level with peptides and stem cells and all the stuff that can really like create more youthful, awesome. great skin for those people who are interested. Probably, or maybe you'll get back with your dermatologist friend. Maybe we'll do a, a powwow to all this together and do a good session on skin. Oh yeah, Jenny um, would be all over that. That'd be great. Dr. Dr. Yeah. Jenny Holman, I'd give her a little shout out there. Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah, that'd be a fun one. Yeah, I'd let her lead that conversation and just throw in my kind of two cents or something because that's a big one. But we can create those lists with the lines. I try to keep things simple. So I just find what works for me and then I find what might work for the patients, four or five options, and I stop there. I'm like, yeah. these are good. There's a lot of other good options out there. Maybe better ones to come, but it's just a lot more of, uh, to keep up with in life than this stuff. So you find what works for you and then you're good. That will include anything you put on your skin, hair, or in your mouth or oral care. You replace those products one by one and then you're done. Yeah. Now your skincare routines take the same amount of time they used to, but you're not putting toxins into your scalp or skin. Your oral care routine, your personal hygiene routine, same amount of time it used to, but you're actually healthier and feel better. And believe me, what you'll find over time is as you make these switches, your skin is healthier, your eczema goes away, your acne rosacea is better, your breath doesn't stink anymore, you don't need mouthwashes because your mouth is now normal and your breath doesn't smell bad. I, all of this stuff adds up to a better experience. You already have your home environment. Your water's clean. Your air is reasonably clean. Your cookware and what you're going to store your food in and what you're doing for your kids. It's all done. It's all automated. You don't think about it anymore. And you just reduced your toxicant burden, your toxicant exposures by probably 90%. It's huge. And the thing is, once you start, once you take the one step, then I, it, there's a snowball effect. I know that's what Jemlin and I have found out. It's like once you start doing, you make one little change, it start, you start to feel good about it. And then you do another and another. And, and it doesn't take that long. And the cool thing is, too, is on the the stainless steel containers that you start replacing all that XO stuff, the sealed plastic stuff with, you, you do, it looks cooler. It does look better. And yeah. you do it, you're one and done unless you break it. I mean, the stuff lasts for however long or glass containers that you use to, instead of Tupperware, these little mm -hmm. things, it just snowballs it. And it, it really, it hasn't taken us that long. And then there's also, we'll, we'll do some of this too, doc. We'll, 
like we talked about last time on the foods, we will create priority lists. If you're going to, if you're looking at, okay, where do I start my or- organic purchasing? Probably strawberries. They're like little sponges for, for pesticides. And so get, you go ahead and spend a little bit extra on strawberries and then just work your way up to going all organic. But yeah, it doesn't have to be all at once. Mm-hmm. So. That's exactly right. So it's walk through step by step and we will, we keep talking about this, but I promise you it's coming. Some of it's already done. We'll create a short toxicant course that walks people through this step by step. That'll make it a lot easier. Because if you do what we're talking about and we don't have enough time today because it's such a big topic. I mean, what we're really covering here is hundreds and hundreds of hours of potential learning we're consolidating down is that we need to manage this side, but we want to manage the other side. We'll get into glutathione, which we mentioned earlier, when we get into nutrients, because that's really the other side of the equation. What does the body need to manage this stuff? And so we'll be make sure you have an understanding about this thing, glutathione, that we both mentioned, that we both use, that clearly is really important. And we'll talk a little more about Nyan, because he's such an awesome guy yeah. in his path for this, yeah, that what he's created. So that'll be next week, micronutrients, where we walk through another report and look at this extracellular, intracellular nutrient matrix and how that's influencing mitochondrial function, detox function, gut function, and everything else, which is really another big foundation stone of building this house of health we're working on. But for today, my action steps are, (laughs) if you've got Teflon, that's number one, go throw it out and never cook (laughs) on it again. Don't give it to uh, whatever Habitat for Humanity. Don't give that stuff away. Make it go away. But today, begin to assess your environment. Begin to mindfully look at your environment as an extension of your health. As it goes, so goes you. You'll begin to really care a lot more about it. And that's a good thing, uh, beginning to care about the habitats that you engage in Because that's where we have to go. This is my little soapbox moment, my little touchy-feely moment. This starts with individual families and then families with friends and then little neighborhoods and then communities and spreads like that. And it's got to spread like that because then we start healing, so to speak, and this sounds real hippy-dippy. We start healing the earth that God gave us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we start cleaning up the soil and the rivers and the water, all this beauty life-giving beauty he surrounded us in that I, I have, as a part of this, have just taken for granted and treated so poorly. And no wonder my health is being impacted, not as punishment, just as a natural extension of that type of attitude about this environment. So we're not only here to restore our own bodies for our own individual performance, it's time to get back to being the, the proper stewards of our habitats and caring for them in the same way. And that's why it's authentic health, right? This is, we're taking things back to their essence, the way our bodies, our minds, our environment, the way it was meant to operate as designed. That's what we're seeking to bring into our lives and anyone that wants to join us for the journey. That's what this is all about. Indeed it is. And we hope that a lot of people will continue and please share this. We want this truth to get out there. This is everything we're offering for the most part is free. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll have, we'll have offerings where if you want to engage that you can pay and we'd be happy to walk you deeper down this path. But mostly we just want this truth to go out 
and for that it's for the truth to prosper right because that's gonna heal many people yeah absolutely we keep saying we're gonna keep these short we're gonna come in but we get rolling we're at uh, almost an hour 20 right now Gosh. <laughs> so, so before before the listeners heads explode or they could just listen to these five parts a little bite-sized chunks we don't care we just what the thing that dr gus and i want to do is make sure we don't shortchange you give you all the information that you need and want and yes there will be courses on this stuff you can go as deep and, and narrow as you want to but we're going to keep coming back every single week just giving you as much information as possible to improve your health always and always in an authentic uh, way that will help you help you be a good steward of your body and everything around you so that's it doc i'm good you you, you want to put put this one in the can i think we just put it in the can my friend really appreciate it all jason love you all right brother love you too man thanks so much Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. It means more to me than you can possibly imagine. And if you enjoyed it, please consider going out to Apple and leaving us a five-star rating. That would mean the world to me. Also, follow me on Insta at Jason right now. And don't forget, download the Vitruvian Lab app. I mean it. I want to be your personal peak performance trainer. I want to help you improve always and always. Lastly, check out my newsletter, The Vitruvian Letter. You can subscribe at jasonrightnow.com. And until we meet again, please continue to endeavor to improve always in always. I'm out. <laughs>